You're listening to the Unitarian Universalist Church of Lexington podcast. Take a moment to center yourself in this space and enjoy this week's sermon. Ludwig Vanderwater. There are times in my life I do not have a choice. No one asks what I think. No one hears my small voice. But elections are different. I live in a land where each have a vote, so I must understand the plans of each candidate hoping to lead. I ask myself questions, I watch and I read. The more that I study, the more facts I find. I ask myself questions. I might change my mind. And sometimes a friend or person I trust has a different opinion. I listen. I must. My vote is my privilege, my duty, my right. I need not be a man or wealthy or white. I just need to think and show up in November. It was not always this way. I vote, I remember. That was I Vote by Amy Ludwig Vanderwater. So this morning we're gonna try something a little bit different. Bill Lyon, our intern minister and myself, are going to partake in what we call an experimental dialogue to do with politics, elections, religion, democracy, and voting. With an election just around the corner, what better way to discuss this and many other issues than with a one-on-one dialogue between two new friends who are not only you, you, but walk in different experiences in this life. After all, it was Transylvanian Unitarian, Transylvanian Unitarian, that's hard to say, Francis David, who said, we need not all think alike to love alike. How are we doing? Anybody besides me think if this person were running for office? (laughs) He'd have my vote. I'll think about it. (laughs) (laughs) Wish you would. So uh, we actually called this uh, Voices on Democracy a duet, but I also just want to say thank you to the choir. Music is outstanding, and especially today. How about a round of applause for them? I don't think we're going to sound as harmonic as they will, but uh, no, we're excited. We're excited to to have you as we have a conversation. Imagine you're in the conversation with us. One of the things that maybe isn't happening as much in society, you know, conversations as opposed to accusations. So uh, you want to ask me a question or I ask you first? I'll start. First question. Uh Oh. Do you find it hard to concede spiritually when your candidate did not win the election? And what is often your first feeling felt when your candidate does not win? I don't think I'm the only one who's ever experienced that in this room. Uh, it's certainly, my first reaction is, is a lot of times a gut punch, especially if it seemed unlikely that it would turn out that way. And I can imagine for those 
whose candidates lost, and I oppose me, that they felt that got punched too. Um, but it's, I think, acceptance. I think, and I think my faith tells me um, that I have to ex accept the truth that's out there. I don't deny um, the fabric of who we are, which is democracy. Um, but I think I'm also then called to work even harder to try to hold us accountable and those leaders accountable. Yeah. Um, so if I'm right, uh, I think you and I both share Christian roots. Sound right? Very true. Yeah. Um, so have you, you ever seen those little uh, bracelets that people would wear that say WWJD? What would Jesus do? Exactly. <laughs> so I wonder if you ever, as you're approaching election, ask yourself the question, how would Jesus vote? That's a tough question. So given my studies and my roots in Christianity um, and the messaging of Jesus, which was mostly on love, I want to say that he would most likely be a Democrat uh, in terms of party. <laughs> social activist. Social activist, political activist, uh, socially liberated completely. Um, but there's also one side of me that thinks that he might also be an independent. Uh, the reason being is because he might also say, you know, give to Caesar what is Caesar's and give to God what is God's. So with that, um, I think it might be one of the two, independent or liberal. <laughs> how, how, would you, how would you use that, that guide stick in making your own decisions? If you, if you use what you think would be um, the historical Jesus's you know, mindset, you know, social position, how would you use that in discerning how to vote, especially if you were the independent type? I think for me, it would just be leaning on my personal principles, not necessarily you, your principles with those added in. Um, I think that would help guide me in my process alongside my anger, my frustration, um, using all of those feelings and, and liberation of my own blackness and self, um, taking that to the polls. It's where it belongs. It's how we can best use our voice. All right, the moderator says, well done. Good sir. <laughs> All right. Is being in a liberal faith tradition any measure of influence on your voting as opposed to when you were formerly something other than you? you? Oh, yeah. Um, I found Unitarian Universalism a little over 30 years ago. Uh, and I was, I was certainly not that red conservative, really bright scarlet red conservative, but I had, I, I, I was not I was nowhere near in touch with the privilege that I experienced. Um, and I believe that um, my relationship with my UU community, with people who, who not only have liberal religious values, but showed me um, compassion, uh, has really shifted me a good deal. Um, and I've done it gradually. It was not like a, hey, you know, I, I buy the whole thing hook, line, and sinker, first minute. It, this, this is a, a faith of discernment and uh, disagreement sometimes and, and being able to show how we, we talk about things, uh, talk about our differences respectfully. And for me, that's been really important. Yeah. I'm going to jump in on that one too. Okay. 
formally, I was always taught not to ask questions or question our faith, or ask questions within the faith. Whereas within this faith, this is the first church and faith tradition, of course, where I'm actually allowed to be me. I'm allowed to bring my partner to church. I'm allowed to hold his hand. I'm allowed to kiss him in front of the world um, that is our church. Um, but that freedom and liberality within this place allows me to be a better person. And so I take that very same spirit to the polls. Yay, I'm that's and that's and that's that's a yay for this community, right? This this community. That is awesome. Um It's no secret that we've become much more divisive, divisive uh, as a people. Uh, I'm wondering how have you experienced this um, in your relationships? I've gotten a lot of um, negative feedback from family members when I'll let them know that I'm now Unitarian Universalist or uh, <laughs> that a deity is not so much the very being of my life or the center of my life as he used to be or they used to be. Um, but I find that even talking to people in opposition politically with me, um, they just really can't, well, there's, there's two circumstances. One, they just either can't grasp why it is that I believe and do what I do and think. And then the other side of the coin is they're, they're really forgiving and they're understanding and they want to learn more. Um, so I think it oftentimes is a balance. You have to, you have to take it with the punch, you know, take the punches with the punches. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. How important is it to you that our elected officials concede elections regarding election results? Yeah, I alluded to this earlier. I, it's absolutely essential. Um, and if you just imagine if the tables were turned, why wouldn't anyone acknowledge that that is the basis of our democracy? And of course, democracy is, the, is one of the basis of this faith tradition. Um, it's, it's absolutely essential, yeah, yeah. So um, the question I've got for you that we might even turn on them in a moment, all right? <laughs> what role can and should a community of faith play in preserving our democracy? I think we, you know, it's not all about the answers. It's about the questions. Isn't there something in our hymnal that says even to question truly is an answer? There you go. I think we can continue doing what we've been doing. We show up. Um, you know, when, when we have special events such as Martin Luther King Day, we show up to March. We show up to the unity breakfast beforehand. We take part in um, entities such as BUILD, and we, and we show up and we show out. You know, we, we keep our spirit of justice as the foundation alive. And when we, you know, we don't, we don't just live out our values um, in the open, but we, we act on those values, and that's what's most important. All right, that's good too. I think uh, if we were debating, he might be winning, but that's okay. We're on the, we're on the same team. Uh, but I still don't think we've flushed out all the things we can do individually and uh, collectively. So I thought we would open this up a little bit and see if folks here might have some thoughts, brief thoughts, 
on what we can do individually or collectively to help preserve democracy. And for those on Zoom, this would be a great chance for you to consider chatting. They have the ability to chat, Amy? Be a great chance for you to chat and kind of share that with the other folks on Zoom while we, uh, while we do this. He's going to bring the mic out. Okay, what do we think? Ways that we could, there's one right there. As a community of faith, I would think lobbying against the abuse of tax privileges and things for other communities of faith that harm the, our democracy would be something that could, that could be done. I said, as a community of, of faith, um, lobbying against those other communities of faith that harm our democracy and inspire divisiveness and exclude people which is the very antithesis of democracy. Great, thank you. Other thoughts, individually or collectively? A big part of our constitution, our democracy is justice. And that's part of what we believe in is justice as well. So if people follow laws we have justice and justice has got to support our our laws and that would eliminate the question of who abides by results of a an election so standing up for justice is one of the the biggest ways we can do that because justice we all did that um may the laws would take care of themselves i think i heard Thank you. Martin? There's a really simple thing that we actually already do and have done for years, which is serve as a polling place. Yeah, this is, this is a polling place. And I don't know about you, but I happen to vote in the state of Ohio. But if I, um, if I were voting and I had a choice of voting here or up the street at certain other churches where folks are actually encouraged to carry firearms with them to church, where would you feel safer? Thank goodness that this place is a polling place. Yeah. I, there's else? always somebody in the choir. Yeah. Okay. You'll be next. I encourage voting in a way that supports the needs of the least of these. Because until we strengthen the weakest parts, we're never going to have justice. Amen to that. Yeah. Yeah, how about, I got the mic up here. So I think that um, possibly it's a little counterintuitive, but uh, giving some, some time a day to maybe the, on an ind individual level, uh, people who don't believe what you believe necessarily, even if you don't agree with them, give them a little bit of time a day in hopes that they will then reciprocate and listen to your point of view and maybe try to understand what you're saying. That's so awesome. That was one of the one of the things I thought might come up in, in Nathan's and my question was uh, taking the time to listen to someone, to listen, not to change their minds. So thank you for bringing that up. I think we have time for about two more. Did I see one over here? We got one up front. You, we got three more. Okay, the three that we've seen. Okay. Uh, go ahead, so, Carrie. Similar to what um, this the our drummer just said and Bill was just saying. Um, this week, I've heard a podcast about a book 
that has given me more hope than anything in a long time. And it's about called the persuaders where we uh, we're happy that we still well, if we can maintain that love for people on the other side. And it's just really celebrating that and feeling like it's just whatever. Okay, that's it. Thanks. <laughs> Good. I'm going to come over here next, but I, I also want to say I was talking my, talking with my wife just uh, the other day, and one of her sisters was saying, "How do we? What do we do about our sister, our other sister, who's likes the wrong person and wants to vote for him another time?" And the answer is, she's your sister. Love her. We're universalists and Unitarians. Love. Don't have to agree, but you love. How about you? Um, working hard to restore suffrage to those who have been unjustly divested of that right. Working to make sure that those who've lost their ability to vote can can re can get that back. Thank you. He has a lot of those, aren't there? Yep. Last well, thank, voice. Thank you, Bill. Um, well, so many elections right now, the majority does not win out. We have a system that's antiquated majority of this country could vote for more liberal politicians, but overall, minorities seem, the minority vote seems to win. So I think we have to find a way to work to change that. All right, a lot of great ideas. I bet we could talk about this at other times, and I would encourage to do so. Um, I want to kind of summarize some of what I heard. Um, we each have our own stories of inclusion or not of injustices or not, of seeing how, how democracy works sometimes and noticing when it doesn't work so well. We've each, I think we decided, have felt joyful when our candidate has won and sadness or heartbreak when it's gone the other way. We all live in the same community and nation where people speak and act violently toward people we love, and yet we have superpowers, that super S-U-U-P-E-R. How's that? Everybody do that. You use superpowers. We have one another. We have you, and we have you, and we have you, and we have all those y'all on Zoom. We have all of us. We have a tradition that's rooted in democracy at the congregational level, at the denominational level. We have a congregational meeting coming up in December. We have the General Assembly with important things ahead of us there. And we have those amazing eight UU principles. The fifth one being the use of the democratic process. These are things we can stand on. And we have that guiding phrase that I see on the beautiful new website, action with love for justice. Each of these are things we can take with us into the polls. Each of these are things we can take with us as we have that difficult conversation with someone who doesn't see things our way, or when we're trying to get motivated to help get the vote out. These are some of our superpowers. Let's use them. A wise person once told me, let not the things you cannot do get in the way of the things you can. 
however things go on Tuesday, there is a lot of work to be done. How we show up as a faith community matters. Nathan, what's the final word? Amen. And amen. Thank you all. I hope you've enjoyed this week's podcast. If you would like to learn more about us, please visit our website at www.ucl.org, where you can find more information about our grounds, staff, and upcoming events. You can also subscribe to our e-news there and learn about our virtual service offerings. We'll see you next week.